Previously on Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science, everyone. I'm Matt Kirshen. Um, sad across from me is Jesse Case. Hey, buddy. And to my right is Andy Wood. Yep. This is the final recording before Andy disappears off to... The wilds of Nicaragua. Nicaragua. This episode's going to come out two weeks after I get back, so it's so <laughs> we're peeling back the curtain way too far. Yeah, sorry, listeners, we did a bunch in a row. The science is going to be old today. It'll be old, old science. Well, that's the thing I feel about like something huge is going to happen though. Now, I mean, like we're going to. Why wait. have you not it, co- discovered? No, yeah, aliens are going to land while you're in Nicaragua. <laughs> And then our listeners will be pissed that we... What if they land in Nicaragua and I was there on the ground and I was the first person to spot them? Like, then it's kind of good that I went... Um, well, because I want to talk about this after we introduce our guests, but I do... Uh, that does lead me to want to ask everyone what they would do if they made first contact. Mm. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I had, we should throw I that in the mix. About it. Well, let's introduce our guests and then ask them. Um, we've got two fantastic guests this week. Uh, we've got a double guest episode. That's uh, right. To, to my left, um, actor, comedian podcaster person who is regularly told looks a bit like me and vice versa uh, true man about town it's mr sam levine oh thank you thank you for that lovely intro it's uh how like you when you had sideburns particularly yeah you've got rid of them now uh, they're a little shorter now yeah yeah uh it was it was uh, at least four different people so they said to me you, you know matt Kirshen? you guys i swear to god you're like the same face and i was I, like all right i guess <laughs> I'll take that. And then, I, and then we met. More successful. Was, well, no. And then we met, and I was like, "Oh, well, he's an attractive guy." Because normally, uh, people online will send me photos, and they'll say, "Hey, my friends tell me I look like you," and it's a guy who's like two hundred pounds, <laughs> balding, <laughs> in sure. his forties. Like, I don't know which one of us should be more offended. I was just trying Probably to send you a photo me. of myself. I don't know why you have to. <laughs> That's all right. No, I mean it's, it's right. you know it's he's a just trying hurtful. to bond. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, sat to my left is uh, Miss Susan Burke. Hello. Comedian uh, and filmmaker now. Hilarious comedian, filmmaker. Smashed. Um, yeah, smashed. Um, killed it at Sundance. Um, entrepreneur. Uh, woman around town. Uh, <laughs> member of Birds of Prey. Still? Member yes, of yes. Birds of Prey. Sketch comedy group Birds um, of Prey. Philanthropist. Um, and uh, and newly married. Congrats on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Ah, thank you. I'm not a philanthropist at all. I don't. I, I don't I'm I don't care. Sure I don't you're <laughs> a philanthropist. Did guests at your wedding get a couple of free drinks? They did. Yes. Philanthropy. Yes. Yeah, Philanthropy. Yeah. Yep. There you go. And I think I look the most like you, Jesse, of any of any of the hosts that I look like. If we're doing, I'll take that. it. Yeah, I'll I take it. See, we yeah. could be we could be we could be, we could be related. Too. You guys are, have slight gingerness to to both of you. I was a ginger kid, hardcore. <laughs> you grew out of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, it's you know I had very uh, I had. Really, really red hair for until really? I was nine or ten. I want to see pictures of this. I can't picture that. I'm I'm a fake ginger. Oh, ginger. okay. Yeah, I'm blonde. You're blonde, and you dyed at something non-blonde. Yes, that's gonna you be were the blonde. Yeah, you were blonde when I met you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think actually, the first time I saw you, I think you were blonde too. I think I saw you first at one of those comedy death ray all night things back in 2005. Oh I think. gosh, yeah, right when I yeah. started. You were funny though. Oh, I remember, oh thank yeah. you. That was a. Uh, did anybody else ever go to one of those when they still had them, the all night things? No, yeah. go for like 18 hours. Yep. Yeah. Brought, brought my pillow. 
Were you there in 2005? Uh, probably. We were probably in the yeah. same. Was, what is that? It was like a lock-in? or what? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was the fourth year anniversary of Comedy Death Rate, and they just had an all-night party at UCB. They just had comedy that went until went, 8 in the morning. Yeah, it started with like, it went from 6 to 6 or 6 to 8, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And they had, you know, it was everybody who was like the biggest names in comedy now who were huge in that scene but weren't necessarily like household names like, you know, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, Things like that make me nervous, though, because not getting booked on it really hurts. Yeah, you know what I mean. If so, if yes. someone's like, "Hey, I'm gonna have a two day long comedy show. We're gonna need a yeah. thousand comedians. Yeah, everyone. Does. If you want to help, like, give out tickets or something, <laughs> right. or <laughs> <serve> <laughs> drinks, You're just like, ah, fuck, man. I, I, what do I have to do? You know, there's a lot of shows like that here in town where that's the whole gimmick. It's like we're having 500 comedians doing 30 oh. seconds. <laughs> yeah, and then I get like a Facebook invite. I'm like, Ugh. there is something. But the flip side is though, you don't want to be the 4:30 in the morning spot. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. stellar Which, yeah. places to be because you're not going to have you're not going to be able to wrangle a single friend to come sit in the audience for you there. So you're stuck with whatever audience is still there. And usually, from my experience, it's people who are really fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I am way too drunk to drive. Let's just sneak into the comedy show for five dollars. Sure, sure. It's yeah. been so long since I've wrangled a friend to a show or that's even occurred to me as something I should do <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean well now I don't have any friends that aren't right it's, you know yeah. in that world at all um, I used to I think when I started I had three or four real people friends how many dates would you have to go on with a girl before you would let her see you do stand up oh man if she hadn't already that's worse than letting a girl see you naked really yeah, <laughs> yeah no it is yeah. it is yeah because like most times you're naked it's gonna look roughly the same like you don't either like storm it or die naked. You don't have like I've a bombed. Yeah, I've bombed <laughs> naked. Yeah. I've certainly yeah. bombed naked. Yeah, yeah, especially in a in a rather like mirrory room. That's Ooh. the worst. Oh, that's not fair. Because you can't mirror-y. control your angles. No, that's not fair. No, it's not fair. Get those mirrors out of there. I will. Um, you got to be in a controlled lighting situation. I have to be in a controlled lighting situation. If I temperature's uh, got to be right. If that's I go, yes. if I go on a date and we get sort of back to her place, she's like, "Hey, you want to come up for coffee or something?" I in my trunk I keep soft boxes and wallpaper, and then we'll go in and I'll I'll you know I'll kind of mm-hmm. kind of case the joint right. as I like to say, <laughs> yeah. and uh, bring in your crew. I'll you, bring in my crew. You got a fog machine. I have a fog machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I'm uh, and then I'm ready for for uh, love making. But but it's very. Is tricky. there a vocoder involved? Also, I feel like that should be part of the equation. <laughs> There's absolutely yeah. a vocoder. Yeah, yeah. I want her to think I'm a uh, fuckbot. <laughs> <laughs> You're just wearing. All I can picture now is the costume that I wore for Halloween when I was five years old. My mom made of a robot with the word "fuckbot" written across it. Was, it. it was a fuckbot. Fuck yeah, yeah. Dildo in the front. Yeah. Fuckbot. Ah, your mom was weird. <laughs> but it was just two giant, uh, you know, cardboard packing boxes, and then um, space cut out from my face, and then I had like the dryer duct stuff for my arms. Yes. Well, but everyone had that. Everyone, I guess everyone had that, had that robot costume at some point. But yeah. the box that was my torso was so big, my hands couldn't come together or reach my face. <laughs> so there was right. so much candy there was nothing I could do with it. You, you know what's weird is, is like there are so many stereotypes like that that hold up that I feel like are unexplored in comedy. Like if you hear the very cliche like male comic like bitches be shopping. Yeah. But like I would love to hear like bitches be making shitty robot costumes. Because <laughs> like that's way more true. Yeah. <laughs> but like it's like well yeah you can't really argue. No one can argue with that. Yeah. Um, in my mom's defense it, it was spray painted gold. 
it was pretty cool. It that, just, no, the, that is the mechanics cool. she hadn't figured out, but that the is rest cool. Of it was, yeah, is that why you went to engineering school? That might have been why to figure out how to finally <laughs> let kids be robots and eat their candy. That was the gem of an idea. Gold plated Johnny Five from the end of Short Circuit Two. Is that why? That's kind of what it was. Yeah. Is that what happened? He got rebuilt as a gold plated. That may be the nerdiest thing I've ever said. I just watched Short Short Circuit again this summer, though. I I wouldn't have even remembered that if I hadn't just watched that again. That was Short Circuit Two. Okay, okay, okay. After he becomes a citizen, remember he gets sworn in in the mess. That's right, him and the Indian guy together. The Indian. You talk about Fisher Stevens, the Indian guy. And he's gold plated. I didn't even realize. Freeze frames and then runs to credit. Freeze frame. I miss a good freeze frame ending. Yeah. I like a high five freeze frame oh. ending. Midair yeah. high five. Yeah. Did anybody else think it was a little bit inappropriate? Like I thought that that was actually an Indian actor when I was a kid. Oh, I just Stevens. watched it again this summer. Fisher Stevens in brown face. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally inappropriate. Incredible. That's is yeah. it more inappropriate to say bronze face? <laughs> did I say bronze face? Yeah, you did. I'm pretty brown. sure I said I brown. brown. Oh, brown. I thought yeah. you said bronze face. No, that's the condition you get when you don't. Win no, you're the like you're like mad stuff. about the racism, but you're like you know as a savage red man, like you can't do that. <laughs> Fisher Stevens is a savage red man. Bronze, Inappropriate. Bronze face when a non-robot dresses as a robot. Yeah. 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 It, that one, one day those. that will be offensive to robots. I saw mm-hmm. like there's a, this show um, at the comedy store in London, the Gong Show. Mm-hmm. Which is like their like entry like new comics before they you get like a proper guest set, uh, and they've got to try and last for five minutes without getting gonged off by the audience. And this guy, like everyone comes up from the audience. This guy came from the dressing room uh, straight onto the stage, and he had to because he was in full robot costume. <laughs> uh, like, and he made like similar to the kids' robot costume. Like it was that yeah. level of quality. It took him about a minute to struggle his way to the stage. He said one piss poor one-liner got conked off. <laughs> struggled his way back. Couldn't get back through the door and ripped his costume apart. And wow. <laughs> Stomped on it. You know, folks, I've That's always amazing. had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember the line, but it was equivalent to that. <laughs> Why is everyone so PC? <laughs> I got robot jokes. Look, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. That was me, Matt. I'm ready. Oh, my mother-in-law board. Kids. Mm. <laughs> she just won't leave. Okay, we should probably get into some science, or I guess we should ask our guests before. Yeah, we we, yeah. we normally ask our guests uh, and. Uh, if they have any scientific background at all, and if so, what is their scientific background? Does does being on the television program Freaks and Geeks count as some sort of science background? It really should, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really should. Um, uh, my father's a dentist, uh-huh. and I was a very sick child. Oh, the two are not they have nothing to do with one another. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, uh, and so oh, I'm fine now. And so I got to know a lot of doctors and nurses, and I would often ask to read any medical magazines they had laying around. Oh wow! <laughs> so between that and my father, uh, I became the de facto uh, doctor among all my friends when I was a kid. Oh wow! So if anyone hurt themselves or didn't feel well, I'd be the one to go. Let me feel your glands. Hang on, it's a yeah, no, you just got swollen glands. Just drink some water, lay down, spend the rest of the day taking it easy. You'll be fine tomorrow. And um, so that's the extent of my medical knowledge, or my science knowledge, which is I'm a fake doctor. A fake doctor. Wow. Did you have a little lab coat? Uh, I should have, but they yeah. just didn't make them small enough. <laughs> I had the, my, um, my mom was in nursing school when I was a kid, and she had all those textbooks. And I remember looking through them, and it was, uh, did you ever get, like, weirded out as a kid? I remember seeing, um, 
you know, I remember seeing like genitals, but they're in medical textbooks, so something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that was my first exposure to anything. I was just yeah. terrified for so long. No, I didn't have that problem because something is wrong with my genitals. So. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> Looking at other genitals, it was like, oh, that guy's got it lucky. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Know. Well, my parents never gave me the sex talk or anything. They just made me watch. But, um, was, uh, you know. Some people are visual learners. You know? Some people Everyone are. They different. knew I was a visual learner. Yeah. You know, they sat me down. <laughs> um, oh, Susan, what, if anything, is your size background? I, I have no science background whatsoever. Not even classes you liked in school, things you did well in, one um, test you might have nailed? Not really. Uh, when, I, when I was very young, I, I thought that that I loved science and I always wanted like a chemistry set and and I think it was just that I love nerds and I love like Rick Moranis and I thought that like I'll I'll be like good at science and then when I actually like started taking science classes like everything freaked me out like any kind of dissection or anything just kind of made we've been through this before on the show I never got to do dissections I think every year I was at school I I somehow ended up with the one biology teacher who was like nah we're not doing that I don't wow. know whether for ethical or squicky reasons or whatever, but they... Right. Hmm. Yeah, we, we got to do the fetal pigs, I think, at some point. And maybe frogs. Uh, we did worms, frogs, and uh, living kittens. Uh, <laughs> on my own spare time, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unrelated. Yeah. That's a regular C. Everett Coop maneuver. We talked about that before. That guy... <laughs> oh, not, yeah. Not C. A, Everett Not Coop? a normal child. He used to euthanize street, like stray cats <laughs> and do exploratory surgery and sew them back up again. Oh. Not yeah. euthanize, I'm sorry. Anesthetize. Uh, he never lost a cat, though. He never lost, he a, never cat. lost oh, a cat. Oh, wow. So... so when you do that, you can either become Jeffrey Dahmer or the Surgeon or General. The Surgeon General. <laughs> That's the only two options. See, Everett Coop neck beard. Wow. Yeah, you can grow a Civil War beard. <laughs> the cult leader Jim Jones, when he was a kid, would like kill neighborhood dogs, but then he would have a funeral for the neighborhood oh, dogs. Where he would be. Well, I think the word oh. I think the word cult is debatable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. then later um, he killed nine hundred. I would say a great leader, yeah. Jim Jones. <laughs> would he actually have charismatic a, a, human? Right. Yeah. Was that a public funeral or just privately? He would say some words. Because like, uh, how, how do you not admit that you did this? For the neighborhood. No, he'd do it like secret. Like he'd kill the dog and then he'd be like, oh, found out a dog oh, died. Like okay. now we're going to have a funeral for the oh, dog. Oh, okay. So and it's kind of like he's getting to be, what's, is there like a psychological term for that, isn't it? When you like cause the thing to get to be the hero of the thing or. Uh, oh, is that like there's Munchausen syndrome, like which that. is yeah. what, like that's normally for offspring, but like, or people you're in care of or nurses and doctors well that's Munchausen well, no, by, oh, that's by proxy that's isn't it proxy, yeah because yeah, Munchausen is just like it's like being a hypochondriac except for you know there's nothing wrong with you you just want more surgery you want the attention and sympathy yeah. and you want a shaved head and all that fun stuff <laughs> yeah you can just shave your head you guys. I, I always thought uh, Munchausen syndrome was you just really into the movie Baron Munchausen <laughs> Like Terry Gilliam John. Well, everyone about has that the adventures of Baron Munchausen and he won't shut up oh I forgot we should have mentioned this up front uh, speaking of movie trivia Sam and I share a very um, undignified distinction um, we've both lost at the Leonard Maltin game on Doug Benson's podcast to, to, to John, John motherfucking but, but look in our defense and this I'm so glad this had to be pointed out to me by people on the internet. It's not that we lost to John Hamm. It's that John Hamm was better at saying so-and-so named that movie to yeah. the third person on the panel yep. than we were. I never, Whenever I'm on that show, I never think about playing the game. I just think about I want to answer all the trivia correctly. Of course. You know, which is not the way to play it. It's Right. Or sometimes it is, but sometimes... Well, it's sometimes it is, but also the math is wrong. It, 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 the only way to make it a fair game is to make it a, a two-person game. Uh, and I've learned this the hard way. 
um, when you're on another podcast and you discuss what happens on a different podcast, people get very upset. So I'll drop it. <laughs> oh, because we're like spoiling it? No, because, because unless the fans of this podcast are also Douglas Movies fans, they're going to be so lost and confused and angry with me. I guess I always assume all of our fans are, it's a subset of other comedy podcast listeners, but that might not be That's true. That's not true at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's not true. We have, we have people that have learned to download podcasts just for this one. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So if any of you don't listen Real to this C. podcast. Real Everett But it's about science. So you'd think they'd already know. They should know it. these things. That's some, some pretty don't. simple. I know. Well, anyhow, no, no, you can go... Um, well, I'm always baffled when we do get real scientists who listen to our show. Which right. happens on a, like, like a far greater proportion of our listeners than I thought. Are, like I figured at first when we started doing the show, all our fan base would be comedy fans who have maybe a vague interest in science and nerdy pursuits. But we constantly have people emailing in saying that they listen to us in their lab while they're doing real science and like stop doing that please we are setting oh I thought I didn't even think they were scientists I thought they were just crazy people have <laughs> <laughs> a lab in their meth lab but, <laughs> but, but then we also have people emailing in with corrections when we get things wrong which again happens quite often which uh, happens a lot uh, yeah. and if you're one of those people or you just want to comment in general um, email us probablyscience at gmail.com yeah, right. or tweet us at probablyscience if any it- scientists are listening to this right now in the lab put that beaker down <laughs> it's going to explode <laughs> We know it well. And if anybody hasn't listened to Douglas Movies, go to douglasmovies.com and go seek out the episodes that Sam and I were in. They're all good times. There were times we did well. Sure. I mean, we both made it to the tournaments. I think you're the two most competitive... No, Play we're not. Edgar, no. Edgar Wright and uh, Scott Aukerman are also... Fier- and, and Paul Tompkins. Paul Tompkins is great, yeah. Yeah, no, fierce, fierce competitors. We just get the most shit because uh, I guess we're not as famous as they are. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's ever having me back on unless I just happen to be in some city where he is and needs a person last minute. No, but we'll see. Why am I? I shouldn't. I'm editing that out. Yeah, I'll be yeah. back on sometime. Yeah. Yes, for sure. No, we don't edit. No, that's true. All right. Yeah. Um, so should we get into some stories, gentlemen? We should. We, by yeah. the way, while I was also talking about where you can email us, I should also say if you go to the brand new revamped, refurbished, uh, probablyscience.com, oh, yes. you can see past episodes and pictures from the episodes, and you can also find the little donate button on the donate tab up there, which uh, helps us very much run this thing, helps us replace the rapidly breaking equipment. <laughs> yeah, we need some new cables here. We is that need... how the word donate is pronounced in the UK? Donate. 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 Yeah, I think oh, okay. donate. Yeah, no, you're right. That is a good observation. We stress the second syllable. Fair enough. Donate. Yeah. Uh, well, so um, that- you know who just uh, recently donated some time to the science world? Oh, who's that? Was uh, <laughs> 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 um, was um, one Miss uh, Lynn Isbell um, at the University of California, Davis. Wow, what did Lynn do? Well, Lynn discovered, uh, and this is actually pretty cool, um, that... Uh, that there that monkeys in particular um, have specially designed special or specially evolved neurons um, just for um, just for reacting to snakes um, so what that means is you know that could be somewhat of an answer as to uh, why what? we're just naturally afraid of those things even though they're not really a threat to us anymore I know are you Speak afraid of yourself. snakes going around the going around the table the snakes in not especially not not as a matter of like if i'm in a room and there's a snake in there uh, i'm like if it's behind a, a you know a safety glass or what have you that that does not bother me like it will other people but if i walk into a small room and there's say a rattlesnake in there I will be as yeah, scared be as, as one person should, I think. Fittingly, yeah. I think well, that's an appropriate Former response. co-host Brooks Whelan is terrified of snakes. Mm. Hates them. Yeah, I can't. Um, Homophobe? 
but it's uh, <laughs> but it, it it looks like from this study, it looks like this might be something that's innate to primates. Um, yeah, Lynn uh, Isbell, the uh, the anthropologist who was behind this study, uh, first started thinking about it uh, when she was running through um, this glade in central Kenya uh, in the early nineties. Something suddenly caused her to freeze in her tracks, and she stopped uh, just in front of a cobra. It was raised with its hood spread out, which um, I'm not a snake expert, but I think that's generally a you want to not be there sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but she was she spent the past couple of decades trying to work out how she could have reacted uh, before her conscious brain even had a chance to think cobra. So I bet she was fun at parties, huh? Right. 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. That damn cobra. That's her white whale. Yeah. Right. Every day she does sort of a kung fu training montage. <laughs> with, with, like staring at a picture of a cobra. She's got a dartboard with a cobra face on it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to mince words here, but so her assertion was, hang on, I want to know why my body reacted a certain way unconsciously before I could stop and consciously say, oh shit, that's a cobra. That is so exactly that the case. Her, so what I'm really getting out of this is I need science to help me explain why I was scared shitless and don't want to admit that I was consciously going, ah, a cobra! <laughs> That's kind of it. Is uh, that it? You asked the question while we're apparently at war. I don't know yeah. if this yeah. is being picked <laughs> up in the microphone. We are in a direct flight path for Burbank Airport, but, but never are planes not, that low. That is, that's, 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 that's a military thing. That, was, that is not a commercial yeah. plane. That no, was, that's, 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 <laughs> that's a fighter jet <laughs> somehow. Hopefully so. that doesn't blow out anybody's speakers back I home. hope it does, and shame on you, Lynn. But Just it, admit you were scared of a snake. Yeah. It lent some gravitas to what you were saying, though, Sam. You just can't admit that. That you were terrified. <laughs> um, you know, Lynn wanted to know the the evolution of this, uh, the evolution of her automatic reaction. Um, like, for instance, as humans, we have forward facing eyes, so we have we have great depth perception. Um, we have very good, uh, very good visual uh, acuity, and uh, the best in the mammalian world, we have color vision. Um, and primates in part of the world with lots of poisonous snakes, they evolve better vision than primates elsewhere. Um, for instance, she found out that uh, lemurs in Madagascar have the worst vision in the primate world, um, and there are no venomous snakes there. So if the primate visual system really evolved to detect snakes, there should be some biological evidence of this in their brains. So she teamed up with researchers in Japan to study the brains of two uh, macaw monkeys that had probably never seen snakes. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good way to do the experiment. This is in the article that probably thing. never seen snakes. How, right. can you not, how can you not know... Like, these monkeys have been born and raised in a lab, but they're like, oh, a snake might have snuck in. Oh, right. Someone might right. have had a sock puppet snake at some point. Well, just, they had recently. taken these monkeys at their word. Right. right. Now well, they, they had yeah. recently fired a guy who was a little weird in the. Uh, <laughs> so the researchers measured the activity of individual brain cells um, on these monkeys while showing them images of snakes, faces, hands, simple geometric shapes. And they found something remarkable in the pulvinar, which is a part of the brain's visual system that's unique to people, apes, and monkeys. And uh, they found that there are neurons that are very sensitive to snake images and much more sensitive to them than the faces of primates. Um, and that's surprising, she says, because monkeys and other primates have brains that are highly sensitive to faces. So, so these neurons f- fire more when they see a snake than when they see another monkey, like see their own brother. Yes. What about other uh, potential right, that's uh, predators? Was, that's not the only predator out there. I'm surprised yeah. it's such a specific snake Like see if these primates brain. react to like a lion or a gun. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Right, a gun, a loaded gun. <laughs> loaded gun. They've got to know it's loaded. Like it doesn't fire, but then they see a bullet go in the chamber. Yeah. And then, well, and do, do you think that has to do more with uh, reptilian ancestors of snakes? I mean, that has more to do with uh, 
bigger natural predators further ago. I mean, longer longer Maybe. ago in our ancestry yeah, as well. Still snake like in the appearance. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there used to be giant lizardy things, and then weird, weird sort of bipedal mammals. Yeah, I don't. Well, not know bipedal, but the but order of of evolution enough to know if like were there there weren't any primates alive when there were dinosaurs. Right? We still had common ancestors. We always do. I mean, every every major every mass extinction has killed ninety nine percent of everything, mm-hmm. and then the one percent reevolves and takes over the world. Um, if we have any paleontologists listening or people in similar fields, can you please let us know if there were any primates that existed with dinosaurs? Well, we know that we, but I'm we saying they still do our roommate. Right? Yeah, yeah, other than Adam and Eve, just yes. to clarify. Oh, yeah. Okay. Adam and Eve. And, and let me, I have a beef with Adam and Eve. Uh, they, they wouldn't have had names. Yeah. If you just two people. Yeah, you just call each you. other you. Yeah. <laughs> why, God, why? I think God named them. Well, they, but why? It's just, it's like person you know male female it like but she came from his rib i mean none of it's logical like, actually so them having names no girl, no name girl came until 1960 you. at least yeah. nicely done thank you but if the idea is you need a name <laughs> to distinguish you from other people there's no yeah. other person so well, it's just, all men like, were adams and all women were eves but you wouldn't even need the once there's and a snakes third, were once evil. there's a third person you're saying there's a need for names because Once you as a person, person could be looking at two different people and need to distinguish yes. between them. But when the there's first two people, people, no need for names. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have had belly buttons. That needs to be, that needs to be said. Mm. Every painting of Adam and Eve, they got belly buttons. I don't buy it. I've been working to fix that, actually, <laughs> in Photoshop. I've, I'll show you my project. Yeah, well, yeah. sometimes I will go to an art gallery just with sort of like a, um, like kind of some peach-colored paint yeah. and just sort of take out the belly buttons. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work. I do the, yeah, it is the, it is the Lord's work. Um, anyway, I'm just saying the whole. Th- I'm starting to think it's I'm an inaccurate to story. Think it might not I'm be starting to get a hunch accurate. that that might not be factually accurate as to how we got here. There's something to that. Okay, this this article makes me wonder if you guys could make a part of your brain come into existence that could instantly detect something. What would you want, Susan? Like if you could have, if you could. Oh put- man, come on, what? man! You're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no more of this stuff, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't know. I love uh, I love questions that like are things that we just normally talk about, but then it's like seventh grade stoner deep, right? Right. You know what I mean? That's my favorite. Like, oh, okay, okay. Because I've spent so long thinking about what I would do with a time machine, it no longer blows my mind. Yeah. Have you <laughs> thought like, about what you would do with a special part of your brain that just detects something quickly? Right. Like, yeah. but, but I'm saying like seventh grade, like weird me. Right. I don't know. It was a stretch for a bit. I'm sorry, <laughs> okay, everyone. I'm sorry. Sam, don't leave. Stop no, leaving. I, no, I'm, no, you're leaving. I'll stick around, I guess. Thanks. If you guys could pick up something that you could detect instantly, what would it be? A, a parking spot. Ooh, that's a good... Oh, my Whoa. God. Like, peripheral, you could yeah, just, like, peripherally sense like, a, like, to know, like, oh, around this corner, there's, there's a, parking a parking spot. spot. That's so the most useful thing. Yeah. That is great. Susan? Uh, gold. Gold. <laughs> that might trump parking spot. Yeah, yeah that wow. actually would be. A lot I of just gold, buy, buy my parking spot, parking spot. <laughs> with all my you gold nuggets. Take taxis bars. once you get enough. Yeah. yeah, even Ubers if you find oh. enough gold. I be, blew it. It would be worth sticking around with Susan just like to watch her walk down the street and occasionally pluck gold out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like a no look pass of gold. Like just kind of like just continue to look forward but just snatches gold from her. Wow. She, just, she just goes into a shop with no money. <laughs> just, <laughs> just runs her hand under the counter. Store. Right. <laughs> wow. Um, the comedian in me wants to say the clitoris. <laughs> but the <laughs> but I think I'm gonna go with um like a, a a very like the cleanest public restroom. 
Oh, oh that's, that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just if I could know, like, within walking. Or one that no one was going to hassle me for using. I mean, some places, if you mm-hmm. walk into a restaurant... You know, hey, you're not eating here or something like that. But I would just want yeah. no hassle, clean bathroom, no line. Just that's a that's a bathroom I can use right now. Yeah. That'd be a great uh, brain app. Totally. Or if you've been driving down the road, you can just tell which gas station's going to have one that's yeah. not going to have, like, the lock with the hubcap attached to it. And you know, Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the spatula to, lock yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. I stayed in a hotel once that had that, that one of those things attached to the hotel room key. Like, this, this can't be a good sign about what kind of place. I should say motel. Yeah. Like if they're yeah. giving me the same level of trust you give the guy in the 76 station by the overpass. Motel 6s as- don't come with a do not disturb sign. Oh, really? That you can hang on your door. They don't? No. Because you're, you're disturbed, you're man. Disturbed. You're, like, you're, you're inherently disturbed. Already. Yeah. Like, no yeah, yeah. Housekeeping is the least of your worries. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you guys what happened in D.C. Uh, the morning after the after party? For the Benson Ball Festival. Oh, please tell me. Well, I mean, it's nothing that crazy. It's what you'd expect would happen when you forget to put the do not disturb sign. Yeah. But like when they knock and say, and this is you know, it's been done in like Tommy Boy and stuff. But it's a real thing. Like they'll knock and say housekeeping. There's no answer you can give that stops them from coming in. Right. right. Like so, I'm screaming no, no, no as I jump <laughs> from the bed naked, and she still comes in. I'm like, well, I guess it must be a language thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah. You, if if it's, if it's anything that could actually stop them, you would think it'd be the words no, no, no screamed at the top of your lungs. But uh, well, I've I mean I've had situations where the do not disturb sign does nothing. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, I I usually just like yell like oh come back in an hour and then they do. Mike, she didn't stop. Biggest pet hate in hotels is. Do you say I don't, pet, hate? pet hate? Pet hates. Yeah, yeah pet he's peeves. British. They don't have pet <laughs> yeah. peeves. Yeah. Um. I uh. I don't know why several large hotel chains have a policy of if you leave the do not disturb sign on your room uh, at around one in the afternoon someone will phone your room to say, we noticed that you didn't want to be disturbed, and so your room hasn't been done today. Would you like it to be done at some point? Oh, that, that happens here as well. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, every, yeah, every it's across America, across the UK. I don't I know what... Yeah. I hate it. They, just, they phone you to double check that you didn't want to be disturbed. They want to make sure you're not dead. Right. Sometimes I've, well, I've, I've had situations where I've been, like, on the road all day. Um, so let's say, like, let's say I had a gig... In uh, this just like road work style. Let's say I had a gig in like Vancouver, BC, and then that night my gig's in Portland, Oregon. So I've been driving just since the morning, but I get to my hotel to check in at around 2 p.m. and I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll just call at four and ask how the room is. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They, yeah. they assume your sleep schedule is like a normal person. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I was. That's my fucking. I was asleep. Or like often <laughs> when you're when you're on the road. If you're playing a club for a few days, they'll make you get up at something like six in the morning to do radio shows to help promote the the weekend, which is fine. Happy to do that. But then I'll go to I'll try and go back to bed after breakfast at around ten and sleep through for a few hours, and that's the exact prime. Just checking yeah. it. You know, okay. I, d- I don't know if you guys are, were unaware of this. When you check into the hotel, you can say to them, and you don't need to call the room to check on me, and they'll put that on the account, and then they won't call. I've tried that. Really? And I've still been disturbed. Oh, well, then that's unacceptable. But I but I do I do everything in my power when I get into a hotel. Like, the first thing I do in a hotel room is put the do not disturb sign on. Yeah. I'll tell them, like, like just... I know how to use a hotel. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm okay reusing a towel mm. two days in a row. You, first you thing I do is strip down to the, the nude and put on some Alanis. That's weird <laughs> that you... I, I don't know why. See, I get mad when they don't clean the room. Like, I like... That's part of staying in a hotel is, like, to have my bed made by somebody else and to have fresh towels yeah. that, like, somebody else washes. 
and have like my stuff piled awkwardly in the corner. <laughs> oh no, I bring yeah, I bring my own thing. towels and sheets and I vacuum my room. <laughs> <laughs> so scientists, if you're listening, let us know how you feel about hotel rooms. <laughs> Email the show, send us a couple of tweets, share yeah, your hotel stories. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess, the, the mechanism uh, in Matt's brain <laughs> to... I'm trying, man. No, I appreciate <laughs> that segue. It was nice. No, it, it wasn't that smooth. It the wasn't mechanism smooth. to pick the best. No, I was scrolling on my phone as I was doing it. I shouldn't have gone with mechanism. Um... You know is what? That, is that what you would go for? Your detection would be a, a, a good hotel? No, you know what? I think, actually... Again, it's a pathetic, hey, I'm a comedian, spend all my time on the road. But I think I would have the ability to pick the plane seat that's going to be next to no one. Oh, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. Good one. Yeah, you when know, you get, particularly are... if you get the row of three or four to yourself on a long haul. Oh, oh yeah, best. that's great. There are apps for that. You know. Oh, yeah. I, I troll them. Good. But they, you still can't account for the one person being checked in at the last that's minute. That's true. Being yeah. the, the, standbys. the standby guys. Uh, do you know what goes a long way? This is going to sound terrible, and I don't want to give this information up on a podcast, so I may regret it, but... Uh, when you go to the gate and you you know the seat next to you is open, mm-hmm. if you give the tip the person at the gate twenty bucks and say eight uh, e is open, and if you could fill that seat last, I'd really appreciate it. Ooh. They will take your twenty dollars and not put anyone in that seat unless they absolutely have to. Oh, I love I love how you're giving advice that clearly only works because you're a celebrity. It does not at <laughs> all. My <laughs> father like, has done this his whole life, like, and he's have you ever not noticed how if you go to Denny's and there's a wait, you don't have to wait. <laughs> you, and I'm like, no, that's because no. you're on TV. No, it is we, like, not. <laughs> I assure you, my success rate of getting recognized by people in the airline industry <laughs> is about three percent. Okay, all right. I promise you, it's a tip <laughs> thing. You give them money and ask for a favor, they will respond in kind. All right, because right. nobody ever tips them, and they I will. Accept said tips. Uh, Andy and I have talked about this, and it's been tweeted. You tweeted it that I do this, uh-huh. but this is a, a a life hack. I don't think we. You sure you want to give this podcast. away on this because this might like blow the lid off this whole thing. We might not be able to do this anymore now that it's going to become known to the public via this. Podcast. I don't think enough people are going to put in the effort. Okay, okay, then go ahead. Um, what I do is I go out to eat alone all the time, mm-hmm. um, just because that's nature of I'm, life on the road. Sure, not even here. Or too. nature of I'm, life I'm, as Jesse Case. Yeah, okay. nature is life of me. I'm a, fair I'm, enough. I'm, I'm a loner, daddy, a rebel. <laughs> um, so uh, if you go out to eat alone a lot and you look like me, a lot of times you get uh, you'll get shitty service because they'll be like, ah, I don't know if he's got. I just wear a hoodie and jeans all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be all self deprecating. I just mean, yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, what I've done is I made a, uh, a Zagat's Food Critic binder that I take with me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. And I go in, and I don't say I'm a food critic or anything. I just They notice that I have it with me. And I'll, sometimes I'll write in it <laughs> you know, and make little notes. And uh, you get the best service. I've gotten free meals. I've gotten uh, free desserts, free you know, free drinks. No, no. A lot of times, like the, the owner will come out, yeah. like, "Is everything good?" And I didn't think Zagats was gonna do our IHOP here off the ten. <laughs> but I mean, you're welcome to review the place if you want. The bathrooms just got cleaned. We put new freshener and uh, new soap in the dispensers. Oh, so Zagats is doing Subway now. Yeah. Right, right. The Whopper Junior was impeccable. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a place that doesn't even have service. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, Baja like Fresh doesn't usually get. Uh, Reviewed, but <laughs> go ahead. I guess that's that is a great. Tip. It really is. I like it. I, I like want to just lot. come. I, I don't have the balls to do it myself. But I want to come. Come with, with me sometime. When you come with it. me. I keep. I always keep the binder in my trunk. 
Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, come with me, man. God. How when you say binder, like this like a thin binder, or have you got like a tome that you've like <laughs> No, no, it's a dusty it's, thing it's that you like pull out a, of a leather case and slam no, on the it's, table. It's Zagat's colored. It's um it's uh, you can get it at Staples. It's the only place I've been able to find the binder, but it's a nice binder. It's like an embossed thing and then I went to um, I made up in Photoshop I made up a PDF of the of all that and I had it decaled at Kinko's and put on the vinyl de- I mean it's a you really did go through a yeah. whole process well I don't want it to just look like some thing where it just says Zagat's and Sharpie <laughs> right like I really want them to buy it my you know? food that's review nice. folder <laughs> yeah that's like and, my a friend of mine uh, when he went to the DMV to get his uh, driver's license renewed and they had to take a new photo he tipped the guy 20 bucks <laughs> you know they they say alright stand there and then they give you a countdown, and you're not allowed to like smile or do anything. But in the in the split second between stand there and when the woman looked away down to her computer, he had been wearing like a, a, a jacket, and he immediately took the jacket off, and then he had on a priest's shirt and a priest collar. <laughs> Brilliant! And so in his driver's license photo, he looks like a priest. Brilliant! And he said, "I've been pulled over three times since I got that." They say driver's license, registration, insurance. I hand it to him. The guy looks at it. He goes, "Slow down, father." And hands me everything back and just walks away the car. Wow. 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 No that... cop wants to give a priest a ticket. Except for the one cop who had problems with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just no. beats the fuck yeah. out of him yeah. on the side of the road. Yeah. Maybe you should have slowed down 20 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It just your friend oh. turns up dead in Southern Ireland. Um, <laughs> well, priests eat for free all the time because they take a vow of poverty. and Really? Yeah. My uncle is a priest. He's a Jesuit. And, um, like he, like he gets like flown places. I mean, wow. it, and he usually stays at like you know, um, what are they, like like the monastery or the yeah the monastery places. Like oh. not so it's not like he's like staying at like the Four Seasons or something. But like he'll get like flown places, and then like these rich like families that donate to the church will be like, oh, come out and like he wow. like eats all these amazing meals. Where does the money go then? The, oh, I know well, it's such a basic question no, about religion. No, I don't know either. Yeah, but that, I, back to the if, church. Yeah, the, I mean, they, but to who exactly? If they get it for free, if they if they're getting all this stuff for free and they're getting flown places for free and doing all this for free, but the, these are also really rich churches. You're uh, you're, you're in dangerous territory here, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Well, they, yeah, they they invented the the vow of poverty and the priest can't get married rule in like the fourth century so that the money would go back to the church because if the priest could get married then they'd have a family and then that family would inherit the land and you know the church wouldn't get rich so they all the money goes back to the church but but i'm saying who is that is it just the pope or is it like financiers within the these i just seriously don't know these like creatures that live under the vatican (laughs) sort of cthulhu type (laughs) yeah Yeah, sort of lovecraftian (laughs) yeah no i get it i get it by the way your your friend with the driver's license Mm -hmm. story why could he not have just stood in line at the DMV with the priest? Uh, apparently, they will ask, are you a priest? Uh, and then he is forced uh. to tell the truth. <laughs> and then they will say, we're going to have to ask you to take that off. Then. <laughs> but why can't Wait, you just by doing the it? thing, he's already a liar. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe if he says, yes, I am, then they'll say, we need documentation. Can we see your you know, priesthood card? Whether it's just a priest or whether there's other things, like, you know, just have a t-shirt that says I was a first responder (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, I don't know I mean I've never really looked into it he just told me the story and I asked I was like because that was my initial response wait could anyone do that he said well if you're not really quick about it they'll say are you really a priest and so then, he was like a quick change artist. He was just suddenly at that last second rip away. Yeah, he just had a, a zippy thing on, and in the split second between did, stand right there and okay. Did he zip it back up again? Do they take a second photo, or once it's done, they're like, done? 
It was just done. He he just said he got I got lucky. They didn't ask to do a second. Stop one. fact checking his awesome story. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> just let us. I just go want with our it. listeners it's to okay. know to know the best way to go about cheating the system. Do you know what? I'll t- I'll give the man's name. It's uh, Steve Banos. He played Mr. Kauchevsky on Freaks and Geeks. Go ahead and tweet him. Wow. Find him on Facebook. <laughs> Ask your own damn questions. <laughs> there, you're welcome, Steve. I've outed you. Perfect. <laughs> Well, no, it's a brilliant move. I just, I, the logistics of it, I want to know how to do it. Uh, and also, any of our listeners, if anyone wants the PDF of the Zagat thing so you can go to Kinko's and print it off, uh, I'll do that. I'll get that. Who great. Shit, yeah, man? sure. Email us. Jesse will send we it back We can start selling that as merch on the... Uh, yeah, because we're getting going on the shirts. Um, yeah. Oh no, my but God. then what everybody's going to do it. What if you did... How bad would the shirt have to be before <laughs> it wouldn't work? If you just had a t-shirt that said, I work for... And had the real Zagat logo. <laughs> <laughs> Would that work? That wouldn't work. No. You know what would work, actually? We weren't going to do this story, but this uh, just reminded me of something I read on Slate a couple months ago. It's kind of scientific. There's a posture that you can adopt that will actually get you things that you want. And like yeah, a, it's holding wanna, a gun, right? Yes, yeah, the, the gun <laughs> posture. It's called, I thought it was the uh, mudflap girl. It's the mudflap <laughs> mud girl. <laughs> it doesn't work for both genders, but it does work. Uh, there's a posture known as the kindly brontosaurus, and we know that the brontosaurus is, <laughs> is not, not a real creature. So... Right. Um, so uh, you have to st- stand quietly and lean forward slightly, hands loosely clasped in a faintly prayerful arrangement. Um, and th- I'm sorry. First of all, okay, let's say you go into the gate and you gotta get, you need to get upgraded, or like your flight's gonna be canceled. You need to get something out of this. Is this sort of scientific? Absolutely. Matt and Sam. Yeah, psychology is okay. the is the science field. So you, if you were adopting the kindly brontosaurus method, you would approach the gate agent as follows: you state your name and request, you make a clear and concise case, and then after the gate agent informs you your chances of making it onto the flight are on par with the possibility the d- dinosaur will spontaneously reanimate and teach itself to fly an airplane. You nod emphatically, say something like, well, I'm sure we can find a way to work this out, and step just to the side of the agent's kiosk. And then here's where the kindly brontosaurus rears amiably into the frame. You must stand quietly and lean forward slightly, as I said, hands loosely clasped in a faintly prayerful arrangement, and you'll be in the gate agent's peripheral vision close enough that they, can, they can't escape your presence, but not close enough that you're crowding them. And you have to keep your eyes fixed placidly on the agent's face at all times. Uh, assemble your features in an understanding, even beatific expression. Do not speak unless asked a question. Whenever the gate agent says anything, whether you, whether you or whether to you or other would-be passengers, you must nod emphatically, and just continue as above until the gate agent gives you your seat number. So you lean now, forward slightly, clasp your hands. Now I read this story, yeah, and I don't know. Is there any evidence for this that isn't anecdotal? <laughs> yeah, right. As to, like, has anyone done any studies as to whether this has because you know been more effective? You know than- who did this kindly brontosaurus? Was um, that uh, that uh, that priest kid in um, in There Will Be Blood? It didn't work. Didn't work out for him. No, Eli. <laughs> Eli. Yeah, that Eli was his. Sunday. That was his. Yeah, Eli Sunday. Yeah, yeah that was his position was his the whole position. time. Yeah. Every time he was doing what you just described, and he, uh, you know, well, you guys I can criticize. Mr. Burns you know, on like the they Simpsons always... does oh, that, yeah, and he's does. a very wealthy man. Who does? Mr. Burns. Oh yeah. Montgomery Burns. Yeah, Montgomery Burns. Mm. And I get that you guys are criticizing, but uh, maybe you should ask Doctor Lillian Glass. Uh, I would be happy to talk to Doctor Lillian Glass, but here's what here's my guess of what would happen in that scenario. 85% of the time uh-huh. You'd make your request To try to get on the plane The flight attendant would go I'm really sorry It's a totally booked plane You know uh-huh. But if, if anything happens We'll let you know And then you say I understand I'm sure something can be worked out And then you step off to the side And then she starts assisting other people And then she'll help one person And she'll see you standing there Doing the kindly brontosaurus And then she'll turn to you and say oh, You can take a seat yeah. if, if something opens up I'll let you know But what if you're looking very beatific? I don't think it matters <laughs> Uh 
I think I think in that article, if I remember rightly, they even say if they say please take a seat, you say you say something like, "Oh, that's okay. I'll just." Yeah, I think yeah, you're supposed to and then you're to just your argumentative. And, yeah, and I hate to say this because, as uh, I discovered, the lone Jewish person here, I'm giving a bad name to <clears throat> my people. Wait, no, but Christian here. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Everyone forgets because in America, because I'm English, so that's like they can't cope with two different stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I know, I know. There's nine Jews in all of the UK, <laughs> and when they lost you, it's really. It's, they're suffering over there. But my point is, and I hate to say this, but like, if you desperately need to get on a plane, uh-huh. if you slip the person a $20 bill, you're getting on that fucking plane. Wow. They I, will it, kick someone else off. <laughs> I've never thought to bribe a gay I, agent. It, just... I swear to God, there's so many things in life that a 20 will completely change the winds in your favor. It works for carnival rides too. When I was like not tall enough to ride the Sabrina <laughs> Fire, oh, yeah. I just remember thinking that my dad was like the coolest person in the world because like I was just barely not tall enough to ride the Rain of Fire, which is like the one that goes upside down in the loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sometimes called the Super Loop as well. Mm-hmm. And, not tall enough or yeah, not tall exactly. enough is another. Might have just fallen out. Um, when we waited in the line for a long time and then got to the front of the line and the guy was like, "Oh, sorry, uh, she's not tall enough." And my dad, I just remember him like shaking his hand. And being like, "Are you sure?" And he was like, "Oh, I guess she is." And like that wow. song. Yeah, like, I didn't die. Yeah, and it was great. And and people, family but members, that guy was on meth. Yeah. I don't think the gate agent. Is like, <laughs> family members and friends who have told things about like talking to the gate agent, trying to get an upgrade, all that. They're like, "Oh, what am I supposed to do? Just hand him a 20? I said, "No, you tuck it under your boarding pass, and you hand them the boarding pass with just a little sliver of the twenty sticking out underneath. That way, they don't feel like their supervisor is going to catch them or anything, because right, right. they've got to feel comfortable taking it." Yeah. Quick but they should just, be able to see just, it, not just discover it by right. touch. Right? No, they'll it sticking it. out just enough so that their eyes will see it. But to anyone casually watching, because like in America, all notes pass. also look the same. Like in Britain, the money is different colors for different right. denominations. Right, but right. a one looks like a twenty, looks like a hundred. Mm-hmm. Right. At but, first glance, no. But they'll they'll take it from you. And I mean, I've unfortunately done this a lot. I travel a lot. They'll take it from you. They look at it and they go, um. All right, just hang over there. Let me let me see what I can do. Well, that's and one time, one time, it was a totally booked flight. I was trying to get on standby, and they just couldn't get me on. And the woman came over and she gave me the twenty bucks back, and she said, "I'm really, really, really sorry, but you're gonna have to wait oh, for the next wow. flight." Oh, well, that's that's so ballsy of you because I I've been turned down from bribes before, and it's the most humiliating feeling because you're already humiliating yourself, yeah. and then you get turned down, and it's like it's the worst. I was one time I was trying to get. Um, trying to get onto the floor at a concert i had like balcony seats but i wanted it was like a weezer concert or something (laughs) and i was just trying to get on the floor and there was a guy coming by with a sharpie and he was looking at everyone's tickets and he would just put an x on your ticket if you had a floor ticket and then they'd give you the bracelet when the next guy came by yeah and he wouldn't take a 20 from me it's probably just because i did it wrong because we're all in line there's a bunch of people there but it's so humiliating. Did you just wave it in his face? Yeah, I said, I'll give you this $20 for... <laughs> I work for Zaggots. <laughs> you like I'm just reviewing stuff this... it in his pocket yeah. and slap his face yeah. a few times. Hey, hey, there you go. There you go, yeah. <laughs> that was brutal. Well, something like that. I mean, I just... Like, I've, like, accidentally walked into, like, VIP sections and stuff and, like, not realized it. Oh, until, yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, Beck's right there. Like, oh, that's cool. If like, you just you know, act like just, you belong yeah. somewhere, yeah, you're you just be... like. You just like like walk around like yeah I should be here then yeah. nobody's gonna stop you. Do you guys know Cash Levy? Yes, he snuck into multiple Super Bowls. <gasps> yeah, he, he Cash's hobby is he's a comic uh, and podca- he does the podcast with T J Miller, yeah. former friend of the show. 
Uh, current friend of the current show, friend. like, <laughs> former <laughs> guest of the show. He knows what he did. He fucked up. I, I, I merged two different sentences there. <laughs> right, former guest, current friend of the show. Uh, but uh, um, but uh, Cash's hobby is to sneak into events. Like, he snuck into pretty much every major recording artist you could think of. He's seen their shows for free. He snuck into Super Bowls. Uh, it's not even about the into- money, I don't think. It's just yeah. no, his he, hobby. He has in the past snuck into an event then left to see if he could sneak in a different way. <laughs> does, does he have uh, uh, a bunch of black t-shirts that say vendor in white writing on them? He's got, a hu- he's got loads of different methods. Yeah. Apparently there's a little community. Like Sometimes he's been sneaking into places and seeing someone else. Oh, yeah. You know, like crawl through, crawl through bushes. And so the easiest time, his, his wife sometimes joins him on that. And the easiest time was when she was pregnant. Because when you're with a pregnant woman, no something like, like security, got, like the number oh, of times yeah. she needed to go to the toilet now. And then they just go in through a side entrance. Yeah, that's very. I was nice. on the road with him. I was doing a show in Laughlin, Nevada, and we were just going to see a movie in between shows, and it was like five dollars. Yeah. to get in, but he just walks confidently right past the ticket counter, and I stop, and because I stopped, they stopped him. You know, mm. like they, like, sir, sir, and he just acted like he couldn't hear it, so he was almost in. He was like, what? Oh, oh, okay. Like he's not a jerk. He will pay if asked. But yeah, like, it's, from my understanding, it's totally not about. It's not yeah. about the money at all. It's just like to see if he yeah. can do it. But I felt bad that I was the one because I just can't. I can't. Do nah, that. me neither. I had to stop. Me neither. It. Yeah. I, I'm terrible. But you can take a psychic binder with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. Look. No, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not like getting. I mean, I suppose that could backfire on me in some way if there was like an actual Zagat food critic there. Right, right. But then, then you <laughs> never, you never explicitly say, you never say I'm a critic, never so you never. Can I just get have the binder with me, and they notice it. That's that's all it is. I'm not. Well, and critics aren't allowed to say that they're critics. That's that is correct. Restaurant so, critics aren't. Yeah, restaurant really? critics. Yeah, aren't. they 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 fly very under the radar, mm-hmm. and uh, they're not allowed to say it because then it would skew the whole thing. So they should know they'd also be smart enough not to show the binder. Yeah, but see, I didn't whatever. even know that information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's working for you, so whatever. I've, but, you know. I but, know. I mean, you're doing it at, like, I, I don't know what restaurants. Presumably not, like, you know, an Applebee's. Presumably you're doing it no, at, No, I'm like, doing it at, at places that aren't a chain. Aren't a chain but it's worked in, for me at Fred 62 in, in That's Los Feliz. That's probably Vegas reviewed. It's worked for me there, like, too many times where it's like this guy isn't continually reviewing right. the place. <laughs> coming back you know the same guy um, but yeah I've like met the owner it's, like, it's great um, free milkshake I got a little little story that connects a bit to, <laughs> to Susan's superpower uh, the gold finding gold in places uh, but um, levitating drops of hot water have been used to fabricate uh, in- intricate gold structures uh, which could act, uh, such drops could act one day as tiny factories for electrical and medical components. So gold nanoparticles, that's what they're making, and they have these unique properties that are useful for medicine and electronics, uh, but to create them at the moment requires toxic chemicals. Um, so uh, Maddie uh, Albari at the University of Kiel in Germany saying, if I create my nanoparticle in some hazardous compound and I later want to use it in a medical application, I have to worry about how toxic the particle itself is. Um, this water drop method to make these little gold nanoparticles gets around this because it doesn't involve any toxic chemicals. Um, it relies on this f- phenomenon um, known as the Leidenfrost effect, which you often see in frying pans. If you've got a hot frying pan and you get some water droplets on it mm-hmm. from food or whatever, um, the way those droplets of water skitter across the hot surface, you sort of see those water droplets sort of dance and skate across across the pan. Um, it, they're skittering across it on a cushion of steam. Um, and back in 2007... Um, El Bari uh, found that dissolved metal ions in a droplet solidified out as filaments of pure metal. 
Uh, so now he and his team have used similar droplets to make this variety of pure metal structures, including a gold foam that can be used in solar energy devices. Uh, and this sponginess is probably due to the dancing behavior of the droplets as the metal solidifies, he suggests. Yeah, well, he, I guess they think that um, their theory here is that even though it's neutral, the water is neutral, like a pH of 7 or, mm-hmm. you know... Um, or no, neutral ne- electro- electrical charge-wise. Yeah, I was about to say that as I realized Sorry. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, like I was saying, as I said it, I was like, that's not how they meant that in the article. And I was trying to make it sound like I know this. But then, well, sometimes I, this happened once where I was like trying to read an article like off my phone and I was in the comments. Uh-huh. So I was like trying to make it sound like a science story. But then I was just like, that happened to my daughter once. <laughs> like, ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, neutral, uh, water is neutral, but it's made of positive and negative ions. Um, so when the water skitters on a hot surface, uh, the team think the positive ions gather in the steam below and the negative ones group together inside the droplet. So as the metal ions are positive, they're attracted to the droplet's interior where they, uh, solidify. So the water itself facilitates the chemical reaction. I guess I don't understand why it was, um... Why, why it was toxic to make these otherwise. Well, I think like, the previous methods for manufacturing it, the only way they could do it beforehand to make these nanoparticles was to use some kind of tox, tox, other toxic chemicals. I'd imagine it was dissolved in things and okay, okay. eaten away. I don't, I don't know whether it was made, like formed or removed or whatever it was, but whatever they did to make these tiny part, nanoparticles of gold in different structures yeah. required various toxic com- various chemicals and compounds, <laughs> other molecules that were interacting with it. And these aren't things that you necessarily want in medicine. Right, right. And we have, there's a kind of a cool uh, YouTube video showing this happening. And we can post that over at probablyscience.com for this episode. Yeah, yeah. So there's these, it's quite cool, these tiny little droplets of, tiny little droplets of gold being created inside these little bouncing, skittering droplets of water. Like it's not like it's this isn't alchemy though we're not actually this, we're, we're not creating we have fun no. way to actually no you're create. taking stuff that yes. already has gold in it right. and, and s- making and it into a specific shape yeah well you're yeah and I assume is that's some sort of filtration process as well happening there well, pulling the gold out well I think the idea is as it sort of as these droplets skitter and evaporate you're just left with the gold with the gold by itself so yeah I'm sure you still have to collect it and sort it but it's not dissolved in anything it's just there right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, when my father was in dental school, uh, they have to learn how to make, um, you know, gold fillings Yep. Uh, for teeth. And so there's a machine uh, where they use to, to file down these tiny, tiny little pieces of gold to, to get them to the shape they need, you know, before mm-hmm. they melt and try to get in there. And, uh, and so as the students shave these pieces down, these teeny little shavings of gold fall into this little tray uh-huh. underneath the machine. And uh, my father was very diligent you know he's a, a broke uh, dental student and so uh, at the end of every class he would go and he would just take the tray and empty it into a little envelope and put the tray back and no one was the wiser i mean there's it's a minuscule amount after any given day yeah but if you're in that dental school for a year or in his case right. uh, two years if you do that every day at the end of his first year he had more than enough uh and he melted it down and then crafted it into a beautiful braided ring uh, for my mother. Oh, wow. So I think we should be using this technology <laughs> to make jewelry <laughs> and not medicine. What a waste. Well, jewelry is the best medicine. Yes, right? Of course. Everyone wow. would tell you, you give a sick woman a ring, yeah. she is all better. Right. Was that the actual engagement ring he gave that you? That was not an engagement okay. ring. They were already gift. married at that point. Oh, okay. Wow. 
I'm really glad that was the ending to the story mm-hmm. because that was about to be the most Jewish thing anyone's <laughs> ever said. Yeah. My father stole gold shavings for he stole two gold years. Shavings. <laughs> and he retired to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> Every day, like Shawshank Redemption, uh-huh. he'd sneak out the gold shavings in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for his own dental school. Mm-hmm. And did he tell your mum that the ring was shaved off a mouth? Uh, no, not a mouth. It didn't come out of a person's mouth. They, they, they are given in. gold. It's going right. in. Yeah. It's on its right. way in. Um, wow. Why do they? Is that just because it's so? It's more malleable than some other metals. It's, it's more gold. malleable and it lasts longer, and it's safe to have inside the body for oh, okay. extended periods. Gold is extremely malleable. Also, uh, a little bit expensive is why I was asking yeah. why that yeah. has to be. Although the thing they, I, I mean, most dentists do not use gold fillings anymore. And yeah, I think it's yeah. also it doesn't react. I think it's also used because it's very. It's very. It doesn't stable. tarnish. It doesn't rust. Isn't, oh, okay. Yeah, the new the the, the tooth colored fillings they do now those are great but they they stay sensitive for so long yeah. after you get the filling in it's the worst like a week afterwards. Um, here's something you can do with your teeth as well. Or on the dental theme, a blind a blind British man uh, has seen his twin son's faces for the first time after a surgeon restored his sight by using one of his teeth. What? what? Oh, yeah. So this what? Was- That's right. I did read about that. Yeah, this was a story that was first repeat- reported a couple of years ago. I, th- I don't think we might have even covered it on the show when it was, here's a new technique that they're going to try and use to make someone's sight come back, and they've now successfully done this. Yeah. The guy's name is Ian Tibbetts. He's 43, and he began losing his sight 16 years ago when a piece of scrap metal from an oven struck him in the right eye, ripping his cornea in six places, which is a bad thing to happen to an eye. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, he was still able to see out of his left eye, but a year on complications rendered him completely blind. Um, that's so. That, that's a big thing to gloss over. Is why a, an injury to one eye would cause you to go. Yeah, blind I don't know. This uh, this article does just go. Ah, otherwise, yeah, otherwise yeah, that's very interesting. So he had several unsuccessful treatments to restore his sight before agreeing to this groundbreaking surgery, uh, which is known as osteodonto. Uh, keratoprothesis, which is OOKP, and it was conducted by Professor Christopher Leo at the Sussex Eye Hospital. It it says in the article, uh, this is not only complex, but lengthy surgery. I don't know why they needed to say this. I think Professor Leo just insisted on them knowing, this isn't easy, you know. (laughs) I I put some effort in. (laughs) What are you thinking about going home and sticking your tooth in your eye? Yeah, we just yank a tooth out of his jaw and (laughs) stick it in his eye socket. (laughs) You do some science. You know, it's not the size of the surgery. It's the, uh, it's the length. the length? Yeah. It's the length, yeah. Um, so a lens is inserted into a hole uh, drilled in through the patient's tooth uh, before the tooth is placed under the eye socket to grow tissue. The tooth is left there for several months before being implanted in the eye, and there is zero chance of rejection because the tooth is part of the patient's body. Uh... Said before, uh, he said before this happened, his kids were just shapes. I couldn't make them out. I actually had to learn to tell them apart by their voices. Uh, uh, now, I'm, I'm not going to ask uh, which one of his, his uh, teeth they used, but I'm betting it was the eye tooth. Hey, now. Oh. Son of a dentist. <laughs> now an entertainer. <laughs> Sam Levine. Wow. Literally threw the mic <laughs> and walked mic off drop. stage. <laughs> Um, it's an eye tooth. So they said, I mean, but the result, it's good that he can see, but it leaves his right eye an albino pink with a large black pupil. And, not and worth his, it. Li- not and his vision. No, no, thank you. No and his thanks. vision is only about 40%. So he's not going to be a professional archer anytime yeah, I soon. I said I wanted to see. I didn't want to be a freak. <laughs> 
I still don't quite get, so they just put the lens in this hole in their tooth before they pull it, let it grow there for a while, then implant the hole. Yeah, it's, I don't get why this would work. It's awesome. It's fascinating. Yeah. I want to see like a, a artist rendering of the whole process happen. So I guess, I guess they're using the tooth initially as like as growth material or as like sure. an incubator for your le- new lens yeah i'm not entirely sure why they then have to implant the whole tooth Instead in there just that's the, the thing that's confusing. yeah but they but I, I get that they're using i think they're increasingly doing this using other parts of the body to regrow body parts which is much safer than you a transplant because you don't have any rejection because it's the same dna right. <laughs> so i'm watching the video of this the guy. is the bloke yeah. this is the guy We'll post this online. Yeah, post it on the post it on the thing. Yep. They they just discovered they just discovered a new body part uh, on the eye, like the lens of the eye. That's right. That was a story I think we, we were going to cover a few weeks ago, and then never got around to it. But well, like is a, there a war happening? Is there yeah, a war what starting? What is going on with the aircraft? By our with house? Aircraft. There's a helicopter is... now going overhead. I think it's been very bizarre today. But how long has it been since they discovered a new body part in humans? It's been a little while, I would yeah. say. You think all the parts have been sorted out, but... Uh, Maybe somebody has your ability to find the clitoris. Mm. Well, we we should point out this is a very small, thin body part. It's not like, there's a third leg. We, know, no what one what we, we know what a clitoris is, man. <laughs> Can't believe we never Do thought we? to use it. <laughs> uh, mm. Not to make this about uh, sex stuff, but... Very recently, like within the last five years, didn't they just figure out exactly how deep into the body the clitoris nerve endings go? Oh, yeah. It kind of like encircles yeah. the vagina. Yeah. It's like this like big it's, it's got we, octopus tendrils. Yeah. Like they thought, oh, it just goes a few centimeters in. No, it goes really deep into yeah. the body directly to the spine. Like it's a big deal. Talk to us, Susan. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Didn't you read nope. this article? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. no um... Hmm. So this new this new body part. Uh, That's fascinating. It's it's called Dewar's layer after Harminder Dewar, who's uh, who discovered it. He's a professor of ophthalmological op, ophthalmolo, ophthalmology. Ophthalmology. There we go. And visual sciences at the University of Nottingham. Uh, he named it after himself. Uh, and it's uh, it's skinny but tough, just fifteen microns thick, and it sits at the back of the cornea. It's a layer. It's a very thin layer. Uh, Twenty-five thousand microns is approximately an inch. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is tiny. Uh, researchers found uh, this thing by using jets of air bubbles to gently separate the corneal layers in donated eyes, scanning each layer individually under an electron microscope. And oh. what he believes it does uh, is to help keep fluid from building up in the cornea. Uh, a tear in that layer can lead to a condition called corneal hydrops, hy- which is a rare but nasty complication. Uh, resulting from um, keratocunus, which causes the cornea to take on a cone shape. Oh, like in SNL, in the spin-off film. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the cone corneas? No, why why isn't this new part considered part of the cornea? Um, I I guess it's a separate layer to what was previously considered to be the cornea. Sure, but it's Uh, still on the cornea. I mean, if... I don't know. Maybe it's part. Maybe it's a subset of the cornea then, because the cornea is made up of different bits. Sure, it's made up of different layers itself. If ever there was a time when Brooks, Brooks's science knowledge is actually needed on this show, it's yeah, today. A guy who actually did spend his time cutting up eyeballs in a lab. That was Brooks's day job before he went off to to New York. Guys, I'm sorry. Really? I'm sorry. You can just you you know, it's not a very subtle way to tell me to Jesse, leave. Jesse, 
if you could just it was a strong it was a strong couple episodes I think it I made a it a run. strong few episodes a it was a good run, run. it was yeah. a good run hey guys I just discovered uh, a part of this table that nobody knew existed which is it's this little edge right here oh. I know I know we could all see it right up until now but, but no one's ever really pointed, pointed it out yeah. so there is a you're welcome <laughs> yeah Discovering new what are you going to call that uh, I'm going to call it the um, uh, Robertson uh, divide not the Levine corner? No. Okay. No, I'm a very a humble. humble man. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that Brooks turned down possibly, a, I mean, like, who wouldn't turn it down for SNL? But, like, he didn't talk about it much on the show. But that company, if they are successful with what they're doing with, with iLenses, he stood to be in a lot of money. You know, he stood to, be, to make a fair amount if that thing ended up working out. And they were doing some preliminary tests on the first human subjects um, down in Mexico recently, I guess, right? I believe that is, that is the case. There? I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that on the air. He was always but, quite guarded about talking yeah, about but, he, but now that he's not working there, no one even knows what the name of the company is. Well, that's true. So, like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, they can't so sue he, him from his other job. He walked away from... Uh, but again, you anybody would do the same, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. For being, well, that's... I mean, he was obviously, like, pursuing... A yeah, if you're pursuing, you're pursuing, uh, pursuing your dream, of, I think, above money... Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not saying I would have done differently. I just think it's uh, it's an extra level of awesome. Gloria Rubin left uh, ER so she could be a backup singer with Tina Turner. Really? I didn't know that. That's yeah. that's, uh, that's sort of a parallel. That's sort of a yeah. sideways yeah. move. I'm not sure. And then there actually... was an NFL player a few years ago who left the NFL so he could be on a pit crew for NASCAR. What? Like left the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm guessing he was white. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he was correct. like third string then. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, people do it all the time. They give up uh successful careers in a field that people would kill to be successful in for something else. Yeah. For something shitty like Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be a cast some, member on Yeah, thing. some boring So this is There this. is a, there's the other way around though, where Hedy Lamar uh I was getting this up to get the details right, but she as well as being a, a movie star, um towards uh in the earlier parts of the 1900s um was a scientist and invented radar switching uh, frequency hopping on radar what uh um <laughs> this is completely she uh what? she and composer george anthale uh invented an early technique for spread spectrum communications and frequency hopping uh, necessary for wireless communication from the pre-computer age to the present day that was what it was uh so, as well as being a, a badass movie star, she was um, inventing uh, some early technology, uh, radar, and radio technology. Mm. Regular Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Cal Penn of Harold and Kumar and House fame left House to go work uh, in the Obama administration as assistant director of the White House Office of Public Engagement, which is sort of the opposite of Brooks's trajectory. That's right. It was frequency jamming. The radio control torpedoes they were using during the World, World War II uh, could be jammed by broadcasting interference at the frequency of the control signal, causing the torpedo, causing the torpedo to go off course. Uh, Lamar had learned something about uh, torpedoes, and she, she, she developed the idea of using frequency hopping to avoid jamming. Um, using a piano roll, which was something that the other guy, Anthel, uh, was involved in playing around with and inventing things using a piano roll to randomly change the signal sent between a control center and the torpedo at short bursts within a range of 88 frequencies uh, wow. in the radio Jesus. frequency spectrum it says there are 88 black and white keys on a piano keyboard so they're the different 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I guess they played it played the same song on the t- on like base camp and the torpedo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is that's MacGyver stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's nuts. That's such a brilliant idea, you know. How did you hear about that, Matt? I don't know. I remember reading it a while ago, but I'm thinking that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. You know what else is pretty cool? The Robertson Divide. <laughs> <laughs> the Robertson Divide and the Bluebell Ranch Table. No, it is good. It's it one of good. those things that makes everyone feel quite underachieving as well. Yeah, I, I don't need to read about that. That's... that's uh... George Harrison, 26, when the Beatles broke up. 26, All everybody. he did was music, though. I mean... 26. It wasn't like he was also doing... Uh, he, he like helped out Monty Python yeah, quite a bit. True. He's the reason he was one of the money guys behind. But it's not like Brian May or something. It's not like he's a PhD in astrophysics and also the guitarist of one of the greatest bands of all time. Sure, sure. Yeah, Brian sure. May, if you're listening, we do want to have you on. We still want to have you on. We're going to make this happen somehow. We are going to make this happen. Yeah. We're going to get Brian May. Um, okay, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she was 25 when she was coronated. Who cares? That's not yeah, skill based. She's born into that. That's yeah, not yeah. merit. Hmm. I don't know. She had to fight off a lot of competition. <laughs> I don't know if you non-British historians are aware of the oh, it's pageant-based. The now. seven dark Do- queens. <laughs> um, hey, here's a question: the towers to the east. Um, given that it is uh, and and has been for some time strictly title now, it's just a, a, a uh, what's the word? Um, uh, position of no power, I guess. Uh, in uh, school, growing up in the UK, do they teach the history of the British monarchy? Like, is that as important as the history of like Parliament and Prime Ministers? And I mean, the, well, the, they're all intertwined back, like back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's only in recent years that the Queen or King, as it was before, have been just ceremonial. So. Yeah, when you're learning British history as a kid, yeah, you learn you learn about all the kings and okay. you learn about the battles and they're all kind of the same deal. It's all yeah. part of the same thing. That's fabulous. That's... You do really well on Jeopardy. They ask a lot of bullshit about the British Oh, I monarchy. don't know any of the dates or... It's fucking horse shit. Potent potables and way too much about the monarchy. Way too yeah. much about the monarchy. What are potent potables? Taste. Alcoholic drinks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Potent uh, potables? That's a Jeopardy category that comes up sometimes. Wow. Not as much anymore, I feel like, but yeah, back in the day. Yeah, Potpourri. When's the last time we saw potpourri? potpourri? That's on quite a bit. Oh, no, I'm a regular watcher. feel like it's been ages. Oh, like Matt just alerted me to uh, an email from, well, can we? Yes, from my girlfriend who sent in. <laughs> we mentioned a few episodes ago, um, we had Brendan Burns on and he brought up this song called Shut Up Sheila. That was, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was sort of a fairly misogynistic song about a local politician. No, it was no, about it was a, well, a member of this cult. A member of this oh, that's cult. right. It was a yeah. cult. Rajneesh, uh, Sheila Silverman, is that her name? And so... When this cult came to this one area, I guess Pemberton, Australia, the Pemberton, locals Australia. didn't like having them around. So yeah, and she's found, and she's managed to track down the song both on Amazon and on YouTube. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll have to post that. We'll definitely have also. to post that. Yeah. I, I, Actually, I can post. Okay, by the time this is like some time shifting stuff. Okay, by the time you guys hear this, it'll have already been up for three weeks because I'm going to put it in the Brendan Burns episode that you will be listening to his as we're recording this. It's, it's about his cult leader. Yeah, yeah, a cult leader in in some small town in the outback in Australia that I guess was like hated by the locals. Sure. I forgot how we even got on that subject. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We went on a lot of detours. Even oh, by we our talked about Jim Jones a little. We did. I 
I know a lot about, about Jim that. Jones. Yeah. Oh, really? Why is yeah. that? Uh, just this is fascinating. I'm just it's I'm really completely into fascinating. Yeah, I actually like for a long time I was trying to uh, do a documentary about this guy named Vern Gosney, who uh-huh. um, is a Jonestown survivor. And he, this is like the most fascinating person in the world. Nothing to do with science, but. No, totally fine. Um, totally fine. Totally fine. He, so he was 24. He was in uh, Guyana when everything happened. He is the person that gave the note. Oh, it said like to, help us? That said help like, us to the NBC um, cameraman. And so they ended up getting out uh, with Congressman Ryan. Mm-hmm. But then the people came from the compound and like shot them all down getting on the airplane. So like uh, Congressman Ryan and like the few NBC cameramen and stuff all got shot and died. Vernon was shot, but he was found later after his wife and his kid, everyone and everyone he knew for the last like 10 years uh-huh. or whatever was was killed that day he recovered went back to san francisco um he got really into he went back to law school but he got really into drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. um and he got aids at the height of the aids epidemic then he ended up moving to hawaii and becoming a wiccan and becoming a cop so and he has a full body tattoo. So now and you think there's a movie in that somehow? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was the most fascinating thing. So I well, talked to him on the phone, and he's really really cool guy. But he's like he was like work like I was talking to him while he was um like being he was like at work and, he, and you heard like the cop radio and stuff. And what? I was like, oh, let me call you back. Like just the sweetest guy. That's the weird had. thing about like like the Dos Equis commercial. It's like the actual most interesting man in the world. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this charming ladies man. Yeah. yeah, it's not this like charming sort of like playboy guy. Yeah. It's it's like it's like no, everyone he knew was like killed by either Kool-Aid or bullets and then wow. and he became a Wiccan cop living with AIDS. <laughs> by the way, how he, he he contracted AIDS in the 80s and he's still alive? He's still alive, yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So HIV, HIV HIV. HIV, yeah, not, yeah. Not. But still, I mean like that was early enough on that I feel like there wasn't you had to weather a couple decades before there were yeah. decent, before there was decent before it was treat- yeah. fairly treatable. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think we have time for a couple of oh like one at least one last story, right? Are you thinking the UN one? Well, I was I was thinking either the UN one, one or a listener sent in an email about the oldest human brain in the world, but that's pretty much all the story. Like it's been discovered and it looks kind of gross and weird. But thank you, it's burned. Thank you, Nolan Fellows, for that because it looks kind of gross. And we should probably post it. Uh, but yeah, I think the I think the UN one because I think this connects quite neatly to cults and cult leaders because wasn't uh, uh which, which are the oh the one that, what was the cult when they thought they were going to go up inside of an asteroid yeah oh, um, Heaven's Gate Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Gate. Heaven's Gate. Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Bop Comet was the that's, yeah. oh, it was yeah. a comet yeah. that's right yeah. it was a comet well, but, that, well they thought there was a UFO behind the comet in the trail of the comet yeah. oh that's right going to come and get them and they all had to wear white Nikes mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason Right. Well, Nike will sponsor anyone around that time. <laughs> I feel like that's a cult, though, that like I don't understand. Like, like uh, Jim Jones, I understand people joining that because it was like a big socialist movement. Like he was the first oh, okay. person to like integrate churches in Indiana, and he integrated like movie theaters in Indiana before moving to San Francisco, and like allowed gay people in, allowed all races. Like so, like for people that weren't Christian, it was like a cool like socialist society and like a real like activist movement. Like they helped oh, okay. um, elect Harvey Milk, and um, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did in yeah. Mayor Moscone. Like they would wow. go out there and like. So does this mean that good people hard. can turn bad, or that all socialists are, <laughs> are, just, are murderers? Just evil. No, I mean I think that he was just went crazy, you know, yeah. like with power. With power, yeah. Well, didn't they also? I mean, 
there's a lot of theories that uh, he may have had like a, a hardcore degenerative brain disorder. I've like read yeah. stuff about. I mean, you clearly know more about this than me, but, I, but um, just there's like a clear point where he sort of started snapping, where it almost sounded like a different Jim Jones. Where they think like, well, surely that's like neurological disorder. Yeah, they think so. And also, he got pretty heavy into drugs and oh, okay. and was. I mean, obviously, like. It was exhibiting signs of being like an egomaniac and like you know had like some like sociopathy from a really early age so yeah. he i mean but that's i think sometimes it takes a kind of like crazy fucking charismatic person to like get a lot of people oh totally I everyone mean, wants to be behind somebody who's yeah. just not questioning anything and who's yeah who's loud and charismatic and a big personality this okay. is making me bitter about comedy you guys <laughs> I don't think that's not what I was thinking about when I'm saying it. Yeah, there's a reason people there's glom so onto those personalities. And it's no, bumming right. me out. And that's yeah. why everyone likes the guitar guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't question it. It's true, though. There is that thing like the, you know, you look at like grade school, like the popular kids that are just mean to everybody. And yeah. it's like, oh, I hate that kid, but he's mean to everybody. And if I'm on his good side, then everyone will like me, you know, right, like it right. just keeps on going on. Or you only care on. about what someone thinks about you if they usually don't like. I got cut up by this asshole twice at a gas station. Like, he jumped ahead of me in line to get to the pumps, and then when I went to the other pump, he then, like, I was exiting, and he jumped in his car and sort of cut me up again. Mm-hmm. I, like, beeped at him and swore at him, which I never do, but I got, like, full on, like, fuck you. And he just ignored me, drove on, and I remember thinking at the time, I bet that guy does that everywhere, and I bet he always gets away with it. Yeah. Like, I bet he, yeah. and like, not just, like, in a car, I bet, like, in life in general... He's that art. Like, I really wanted to tail him and burn his house. Like, that. He <laughs> yeah. just created this whole just biography of him. Yeah, because head. it was just like, in my head, I was like, like for that guy to do that twice, like, once by accident to go and just ignore it to wherever it would be a bit... But he, he clearly has absolutely no regard for anyone else. Like, he's completely oh, yeah. has no courtesy. And I, like, yeah. he is that person in life. Yeah. He's that person uh, in relationships. He's that mm-hmm. person in, at work. Like, he's that person. And he's person. probably dated women way out of his league. Oh, yeah. He's probably dated the hottest women. Who Which is just why wish they like, could we should all burn his house down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, and he didn't yeah. have a registration. Like, I couldn't even, like... Like I couldn't even get back at him on social media because he he does he he didn't have the license plate. You know oh. when you have like a new car, and I'm sure he was the person like the kind of person who never puts never the put new on, the yeah. plates on. Right. Like can never be traced. <laughs> I, like I, I've I've invented whole biographies yeah. of this guy. I had this thing where I was I stopped at a I was trying to turn right. I was at a red light and I'm trying to turn right, and there's someone in the lane to my left. So obviously I'm looking. You know, I'm sort of pulled up a little further than that person. I'm yeah. kind of in the crosswalk, you know, like looking so I can see if there's oncoming traffic so I can make this right on a red. And the guy next to me just pulls up just to block my view. So I pull up a little and he pulls up again. What? And it happens like three or four times. And to where we're almost just in the middle of the street together. Oh. And it's just a complete weird, like, prison power move. Maybe he thought you were going to do one of those dick moves where you pull into the right far right lane to turn right but when the light goes green you're going to cut in front of him to avoid having to wait in the back I had, of the I had my signal on and I had you know but could he see your right hand signal from the left side of your car I was clearly this, no I'm sure you were no I understand yeah, I appreciate but. the devil's advocacy this guy was a sociopath. Oh, no. Because <laughs> even if you're going to do that diagnosed. thing where you cut in front of the guy, it's like, whatever. So you're going to be the second car after yeah. the light, not the yeah. first. But Get over it. But, yeah, it's that like that sense of weird entitlement and this. Yeah. yeah. It makes me mad. Like that. Yeah. that but, but in your situation, it sounds like, uh, and s- similar to the situation I had, uh, 
there's no benefit to this person. It's no. just being an asshole. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the benefit to him in the first bit was he got to the pump. He, he, he just jumped the line. Like, there were, there were two cars there. What, what there was was I came in from a different entrance to him on the, on the lot. So I came in from the lot. Uh, I came in straight on, and he came in from my left. Right. And there, were, there was a car in front of me, and that car went to the pump to the right, and I was going to go to the pump to the left, but he just came in from the left and got ahead and went into that pump instead. Uh, right. Like, it's just... And, and, that, and then cut me up on the other side as well. Is that the <sighs> phrase in the UK, cut me up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cut. Okay. Cut in front. I gotcha. This is but, every episode, Sam. This well, is, no, I would happening. say cut me off. Yeah, me too. We would, yeah. we would say things correctly, and then Matt well, would Well, no, I, this is always fun to, to hear the little idioms and, and expressions and colloquialisms. Yeah. And there hasn't been, don't. like, having been here for six years, there hasn't been a single... There's almost been, I think, not a single week where I haven't said one thing that someone's gone, hang on, is that... We have to stop for a second. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you call stairs apples and pears? Uh, yeah, I do, and I do a little, like, foot click at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I and I say everything in song normally. Like I have to pare it down. You do this. really tone it down for this podcast. When we um, it. when uh, when it rains and you walk around with your umbrella, you fly places, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I and you know I'll skip around and dance and yeah. and I travel mostly over rooftops. Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I make my money uh, cleaning chimneys with my fellow orphans. How many uh. how many matches are you going to make this Christmas? Season? <laughs> Are you going to be making matches? Or do you need to use our place for that again? Because we can... So, uh, so the UN. The UN has a new task force, a new, uh, a new international asteroid warning group that will compile and share information about potentially dangerous space rocks. Uh, should an asteroid place our planet in peril, some nice alliteration there from a new scientist, um, a UN committee will discuss options and oversee plans to launch a deflection miss- mission. Uh, the news was welcomed by the Association of Space Explorers, which apparently is a real association I that exists. Heard of that. What? There's an organization called ASE, the Association of Space Explorers, which is a group of astronauts and cosmonauts that has been calling for more planetary defense measures. Yeah. Um, asteroid detection and deflection has become a higher international priority since a surprise meteor exploded over the Russian region of. Um, I'm not going to get this. Well done. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that on Early this year, the YouTube course. videos. That was, in, that was insane, that footage. That was well, crazy. And there was loads of really good footage because apparently there's so much fraud uh, in Russia in vehicles with both people intentionally reversing into cars to claim insur- for insurance claims and cops being... Uh, Criminals, criminals, Russians. and yeah, um, so there's there's so much vehicular fraud. Oh, that I thought a it was large... just the, the amount of snuff films being made. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a large number of Russians now, um, a far greater proportion than over here, have dashboard cameras and they just record their drives. And so that if something catch... like that happens, they've got evidence. Um, so when this meteor shower happened and like rocks were falling out of the sky and smashing things up, there was well, actually know, nothing hit the ground, but the, they're they're. Their incineration in the sky was so violent that it Go caused windows, windows to windows break. Windows exploded. Yeah. yeah. It was- well, I, I hope this number's wrong. I remember years ago after Armageddon and uh, Deep Impact came out, and then uh-huh. it became, you know, kind of a news story like, what if this happened? And one of the guys from NASA said something like, well, here's the thing. The universe is really, really big, and we just don't have that many satellites and telescopes. At any given point, we're really only looking at about 3% of the sky. 
yeah. monitoring for yeah. incoming objects. Yeah. So Sounds if about right. something were to be coming at us, we probably wouldn't know until it was really close in terms of... In terms of our galaxy. In terms of our galaxy and like how many miles away it really is. So this whole project is to try and close some of those gaps. Um, uh, Ed Liu, who's a former astronaut um, and is co-founder of the non-profit B612 Foundation. I don't know why it's called that. um, Which plans to launch an asteroid um, hunting space telescope. uh, Said if we get hit uh, again 20 years from now, that's not bad luck. That's stupidity. Um, This project will... Um, join a number of government monitoring efforts, including a recently launched Canadian satellite dis- dedicated to spotting near-Earth asteroids around the clock. Um, but leaving deflection plans to individual countries or companies has political pitfalls, uh, according to this article. According to the trajectory of an incoming asteroid, sorry, altering the trajectory of an incoming asteroid could lower the risk of impact for some nations while increasing it for others. <laughs> Uh, of course it does, which is why you what need the yeah. yeah. It's just belted over apart. to Albania. Fuck them. The U.S. was spared. Canada and Mexico both hit by half meteors. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow hit by... Um, as an international body, the U.N. could play a role in deciding the best cause of action, uh, although someone will still need to develop and launch the hardware. Um, knowing what we must do is only a first step, said former astronaut Tom Jones. Who minute. knew? That's another one. That's another one. Leaving a successful <laughs> career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to prevent a future disaster, we must actually take action. Dot dot dot. In space. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In space. Uh, wow. The best one I've seen because they, uh, you know, of, of potential solutions. Because uh, they say hitting it with with rockets and and nuclear, it's not going to do anything. Um, but I saw one where what they'd want to do is uh, maybe have something. I think it's attached to the side of it, like a big solar parachute. Yeah, we talked yep. about the podcast at some just point. To, yeah. Just to pull it, if it was still hundreds of thousands of miles out, just to pull it a few inches in one direction. Yeah, yeah. a few degrees. Yeah. Would be enough that it would avoid the Earth. Yeah, right? because Absolutely. once you're that far out, even just a fraction of a degree change, of course, yeah. Yeah, is enough they, to make it miss the Earth by miles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they've talked about... And, and as, yeah, as scary as it is how little we monitor, um, they do have it fairly... Fairly on lockdown. I mean, the the Russian meteor um, was that wouldn't have been a cataclysmic event, right? Because you know. the meteor was its its actual full size, even if it had smashed into the Earth without breaking up, it would have caused significant damage, but not a life changing event. No, was what no, it, well, that wasn't. And so know. that's why it wasn't quite big enough to be picked, and it was going tremendously fast. But it wasn't. And big it did, to be and it did up. all break up, and it did, exactly you it know, did break um, up, and, and never. So it wasn't really a concern, unfortunately. A bunch of windows broke, and you know people right. were injured, and uh, but no one died. I don't think anyone died anyway. No, no, one died. no, no. I, so. no I mean, the, again, there were the snuff films, but yeah. um, unrelated. No, no one actually died in Russia for that whole period of time, <laughs> for that whole day. Yeah. Like it was weird. Like yeah. no one died. Yeah, it was <laughs> sort of a freak occurrence. Yeah, um, yeah they, uh, we we covered this on the show once. They talked about just painting the side of like painting it That's white. That's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. to make so to, to make, make a solar reflect set. off of it. Yeah, so that it if light reflected this, off, yeah, yeah. it would sort of. Yeah, if the light reflected off one side and was absorbed by another. I guess like the way in certain sports they they'll polish one. It's not the same way. Wait, what? Is, I think it's about one of those things that had like a spinny thing inside of a vacuum where one of the sides is black and one's white. Yeah, those little toys so to sale. gift shops. Yeah, just the photons hitting it yeah. and either bouncing off or not. What was the thing you were going for though? So I, I was talking about um, in certain sports the swing of a ball is affected, but then you get into air resistance. That's a completely different thing. Ah. I instantly 
I was about to suggest an analogy that was complete. Well, cricket and baseball and lots of ball games where. It sounds like you need some more neutral water saying stupid <laughs> things like that on the podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to sound like an idiot, Matt. Drink some of that neutral water. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up for this week. I think we think? should probably. Well, where, we should ask yeah, our well, guests. Let's, let's get into uh, yeah, what's coming up. What, where, can, where can our listeners find you and what should they look out for? Keep in mind this will be up in about a month. Three weeks. Oh, uh, well, uh, virtually every Sunday you can catch me at KevinPollock'sChatShow.com. Uh, we stream live at that uh, website. We're also on YouTube. Uh, and That's then, Sam, not Susan, you guys. Yeah. And then if you miss the shows as it, as it streams live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific, you can catch us a day or two afterward on Earwolf.com and iTunes. Nice. And they can find you on Twitter at, and you at can find Sam me Levine. At, that is correct. S-A-M-M. L-E-V-I-N-E. All right. And Glorious Bastards. Great movie. Good oh, thank on you. you so much. Good and I love you. the fact that you were the narrator in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. That's so that cool. Is, that is true. Was it because the kid, they, they must have recorded that kid speaking and then they, they did, did like and the... Yeah, I read for the part two and then they hired a, this local kid. It was good. He had the right look, but I guess ultimately he just wasn't, didn't have the right sound or something. Didn't have that so Sam they, Levine magic. They, yeah, yeah. So they asked me to come in and dub it. My favorite comedy of all time. That's awesome. Oh, good man. Sorry. And Susan? Um. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> Sorry. Hi, Where can people see you? Uh, you are the writer of Smashed. Is that uh, um, something? Yeah. You can. You can watch that. Uh, How do you watch that? Because I've been um, wanting to see it. You can watch it on iTunes, or you can order it on DVD or Blu-ray, like from okay. Amazon, or I think from you know just from like stores. I oh, okay. It's in. I think I don't know if it's still in red boxes, but it was in a red box in Mississippi, and I was like, I yeah, nice. That's that's pretty amazing. That, that, was, film, that was pretty film neat. that you can't wrote and created. That's yeah. Incredible. Um, and then I'm I'm that Susan Burke on Twitter. That Susan Burke. So so you can follow me there. Great. And yeah. Any shows coming up with uh, Birds of Prey, or do you guys not do as many? Well, lessons? yeah. I mean, we do stuff, but we have some stuff in the works. But okay. I don't know if it's going to be. Any and the sketch stuff, stuff that you've done on YouTube as well. This. Oh yeah, yeah. You can go to kakaka dot com for <laughs> all the Birds of Prey videos, um, or that susanburke dot com for that, a website which I do not update nearly enough. But but I'm. We there. will link to it though. Yeah, okay, we're cool. we're going to link to everything. Um, uh, married life, how are you finding it? Um, it's great. It's basically the same um, as, sure, you guys as living together. Yeah, we live together. Yeah. Now for the life. man is involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, but now, um, yeah, we have like a legal status, and like, and there was one day where like four year old girls love me, like at the oh, wedding. Like, yeah. At the, it was just amazing. Like all the little girls were just like. I love you. Love, dance with me. Oh. Did you do that? Like, you have to at least once if you're a bride at a wedding, dance with like some kids on your feet where you... I only did... The only times I got to dance were with children, except well, for like, our first dance. Well, that's how you and dance, too, right? <laughs> Basically, your... yeah. Actually, that was... Yeah, that doesn't... Having to dance in front of people is... No, how, how traditional was the wedding? Um, it was pretty traditional. Just His, for, your, for your family. I mean, you guys. I mean, you guys are both total weirdo artists, so I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, his dad is actually a Methodist minister. Oh, okay. So his dad no performed the wedding, but we like wrote our own like statements, sure. and stuff. And uh, and then my brother did like, who my brother is like a minister in Universal Life Church, and was oh. upset. And he's a lawyer, but like he was upset that <laughs> he couldn't he conduct the wedding. So wow. he did a sort of like humanistic. Um, uh, our humanist uh, like statement too that was sort of 
to counterbalance the religious. Ooh, I, I, is that obviously no, an actual? No, no, no. I, it was really those, respectful. Okay. Those are my favorite weddings when um, half of the family's really religious and the other halfs are like total hippies. Yeah. And uh, I've been to so many weddings like that where it's just tense. Ugh, like yeah. someone, someone like gets up and reads a Rumi poem. And then the, the person from the other family like like shoots a duck like <laughs> no 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 and Matt's dad's really cool and like really liberal so it wasn't it wasn't like a weird yeah, yeah. though though it was funny to like watch Matt like every time his dad did say like Jesus it, that Matt would just make this very like slight face like oh I hope our friends aren't freaking out but, <laughs> but like no one introduce the second speaker uh, with the uh, and with a rebuttal yes. <laughs> there was a debate um, Lewis Black came out it was weird <laughs> wow wow wasn't that a show yeah was was black? Okay. i thought for a second you were saying Louis black was that your well, that's totally possible but yeah the root of all evil is that what the show was yeah. you just debate which things were more evil all right well that has been this week's probably science as always you can find us at probably science.com you can tweet us at probably science email us probably science at gmail.com subscribe on itunes write nice things about us on itunes that helps us yeah. get more numbers and more people listening tell your friends spread the word please do and thank you so much, Susan and Sam. Our pleasure. Thank you. We will see you next week if Andy's alive. Oh. He will be. Okay. On the next episode of Probably Science. Noel Gallagher, thanks for coming in. I'll see you. See you guys next week. Subscribe. Subscribe.